gradually melting. Welcome to Hand of Pot. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 370 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by, to my left, Tony. Hello. To my right, Andres. Hello and welcome. And right in front of me, English Dan. Hello. Welcome back, gents. Uh, we're sitting in English Dan's living room, and it's just as well that we are, because English Dan's air conditioning unit doesn't flow directly onto the microphone when we record here, whereas if we were recording in my living room, it would be doing, and therefore we'd have to switch it off, and we'd all be extremely hot. Yes, um, we will have to stop like uh, they, they did in the matches. Yeah. Uh, the a water break, yeah. It, it's uh, just an idea. Not pleasant. A finet break. A finet break. Uh, anyway, we have some football to talk about. Mm. However, what we don't have is internet access at the moment. Um, this is oh yeah, it's just come back, brilliant. Yeah, what we don't have is TV apparently. Dan, uh, we're, we're waiting for Dan's router to start working again, but while it does, this is South America because it's one of these TV and router doodah thingies that's all mm. in together. Uh, but while it does, the internet has just appeared. As I was saying, that we didn't have it, and I can therefore give you thank you, Tony, but I've got it on my phone as well. And I know my way around these apps. Um, I can give you the results from last weekend in the Superliga. They were as follows. Beles Sarsfield 1, Aldo Civi 1, Huracan 1, Gimnasia 1, Independiente 5, Rosario Central 0, Estudiantes 3, Union de Santa Fe 1. Somebody actually scored against Estudiantes after I said last week that that wasn't going to happen again. But Marcos Rojo isn't playing yet. He was presented to the crowd, but didn't actually make his debut. He wasn't in the squad, so maybe that's why. Atletico... The cornerstone of all um, impenetrable, impenetrable defences, Marcos Rojo. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, yeah. But as I said last week, I suspect that at this level, him and Javier Mascherano playing in the same defence, plus the defence Estudiantes already had, which was the best mm-hmm. in the league in any case prior to the summer. Um, they should have seen the goals. Atletico Tucumán won, Defensa y Justicia won. Argentinos Juniors 1, Racing 1, uh, I was at that one, I've just remembered as I was reading it out, River 2, Central Cordoba 0, Colón 0, Banfield 1, Lanús 2, Godoy Cruz 0, Tacheres 1, Boca Juniors 2, Patronato 2, Arsenal de Sarandí 2, and Newell's Old Boys 1, San Lorenzo de Almagro 0. Some talking points from this weekend, gents. Yep. Did did very many of the top teams actually win their matches this week? River did. Boca did. Lanús did. Yeah. Uh, Argentinos didn't. Vélez didn't. So, well, the top three did anyway. That's already more of the top twelve that managed to win in the previous weekend, as we said last week. Um, so that's nice. Um, yes. As a conclusion, I think that even well, Lanús is there. Uh, River and Boca in the top is like I think like never before like uh, sometime uh, it was sometime that it did happen so now it's I think clear that River uh, are perhaps 
candidates and Bokar, they are uh, just uh, when perhaps not a lot of people thought mm. in the, in the, the uh, only second they are, they are alone in the second place yeah I would like to start actually with Tasheris against Boca because we, we, we've been saying for the last couple of weeks as long as River take it seriously this is their title to lose probably still is because even if Boca win all their games River are three points ahead so if they win all of theirs then there's nothing Boca can do um but the interesting thing is that for the last, I don't even want to say for the last year, I think it's for more than the last year as well, because it was a bit of the case under Guillermo Barasek Gilotto too, um, before Gustavo Alfaro took charge. We've sort of complained that Boca have lacked something of an identity, that even when they've played well, when they've had good players, when they've won nearly all of their matches, um, it, and even when they won two back-to-back league titles under Barasek Gilotto, it still wasn't really clear what they thought they were trying to do in footballing terms. And Already in, in, maybe not so much in the first game at home the, the previous weekend against, who was it? Independiente. Independiente. But certainly in this Tacheres game, I think that we, we got more of a glimpse of actually what Miguel Angel Rosas Boca are going to be about. It was a very clear counter-attacking plan. It wasn't you know, going out and dominating possession. Um, but it was incisive. It was rapid. Marcos Diaz in goal was probably the man of the match. Not so much for... His uh, the stops that he made, but for playing a key role in both of Boca's goals, um, three touches, building from the was. back, but building very rapidly and directly from the back, and I, it was you could actually see what they were trying to do for a change, and there was a coherent plan there, and you thought, yeah, they're executing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't remember the last time I thought that about Boca. But I thought that Boca, well, of course, it's uh, not, but uh, uh, it was something uh, easy to preview that in two or three matches. There won't, wouldn't be a, a radical change, but a, a more touch, a ball touch there, uh, and it was the other, the other way, I think. Uh, yeah, they're looking to play it on the deck, they're looking to use the spaces at least and kind of build up in a way that isn't just pumping the ball over the top to um, Ramon Avila to see if once in a while he's not offside and can do anything. Um, so yeah, from Boca's point of view, it's encouraging. Uh, would we should probably mention they did receive a blow this week as well because one of the players who you'd think would be fantastic in that system uh, isn't going to be playing for them uh, this year, Alexis McAllister. No, indeed. Um, which I think, I saw, you know, a lot of Boca fans and, Lots of and indeed very, the very Boca angry. president angry. At, at a player who is returning from a loan spell to the club who were loaning him out. Indeed. And a player, moreover, who... Started really well at Boca, but if you remember, he kind of entered a plateau hmm. about, what, 10 games in? Which, unfortunately for Boca, coincided with uh, the Copa Libertadores semi-finals. He didn't really have much of an impact. And there was some pretty strong criticisms of him. And let's be honest, I mean, he's a 21-year-old kid who had, I think, one year of uh, Premier football behind him when, when he moved to Boca. Yeah. I, with the best win in the world, he's not going to be the difference between between winning the league and, and not winning the league I think uh, but he would be a useful a useful cog in the system for yeah, sure now especially since Boca didn't have the, the time or the, the, the resources to to uh, replace him basically yeah and now Carlona mentioned for a return yeah. it seems in the transfer window that you either had to be Peruvian or at least have played for Boca before to be linked to a move 
Because the transfer targets were Guerrero and Zambrano, and he was now coming Cardona. I can't remember, there were a couple of others. Paul Fernandez returned. Paul Fernandez. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I mean, it's, it's an interesting transfer strategy. I, I was about to add about the, the, the Shadows game that since, I mean, since uh, Sam said that there was a plan for Boca playing counter-attack and they did it quite well for a couple of times with the playmaker Marcos Diaz. But also the Shadows was really dreadful in defense. I mean... Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a, I think that's going to be something of a recurring theme this week, is going to be praising one team's attacking structure while also <laughs> criticising yeah, pretty atrocious indeed. defense. Because it happened in a couple of other games as well. Yeah, if you fool me once with, with one goal, with Marcos Diaz throw, throwing uh, a quick counter-attack, but if, if you get uh, two goals against with, with the same um, method yeah, almost two, a third two Tacheres corners led to two Boca goals yeah. and it could have been more if Sebastian Bicha had had his deciding things properly head on yeah. um, then it might have been a lot more as, as it is that's perhaps the one chink in Boca's armour that Sebastian Bicha is going to be one of the main decision men in their Sebastian team Bolt. have you not heard his new nickname? I haven't this is outrageous uh, the Colombian Mbappé has been mentioned and a lot of people are apparently excited to see him alongside the Colombian Neymar indeed yeah. Carrascal but now he's the other way around the, really? the Neymar really? is, the Colum- is the Brazilian Carrascal the goals he scored were in the <laughs> Prolimpico were yeah. but I mean but Visha and Mbappé that, that is a very tenuous yeah, that's a long stretch but, but comparison. supporters now might be think, thinking well we don't have a Macalester but we have Visha uh, because the, the, the speed he had was there was a, a, a play in which I, he, I think the ending goal, but Bisha ran, ran and Maori, the, the midfielder, tried to co- catch him and he couldn't even, of course, not uh, quit the ball, but also catch him. Hmm. Uh, it was he, amazing. You know, this reminds me a little bit of, given that, that Bisha scores, uh, has a, 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 an average uh, goal of 0.08. I mean, that's nothing it reminds a little bit of the of if you focus capable to something like Adama in Wolverhampton because at, at the beginning in Wolverhampton or in on Mills Row Adama was just running the only thing he, he could do was just running because his physique was or still is amazing in oh. Bisha it's, it's super quick but and then there was well, Christian Pavon we are having to go all the way to England no, no. Yeah, but Pavon was just running, 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 and then but in their best moment when Pavon was at, the, at, the, at his best, it was a combination between speed and also some kind of he was uh, some decisions that were accurate. Yes, and in the case of Bisha, speed, 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 and some kind of well, he he finished well there in, in the goal, but uh, then there was another play in the second half in which Tevez, like of course, yeah, uh, and and Boca ended up. Because they didn't take all the chances that the Shedders gave them to them. Boca ended up suffering in, in the end because uh, the Shedders scored one goal with a land header. I think it was easy to, to, to the us to save it and then get it up on, on their own ropes in their, their own area, suffering against the Shedders. And it should be a 3 0 for Boca instead of 2 1. If, if we see all the game. And, well, and finished, how, it could have been 2 2. Tashera is yeah, indeed. game. With ten minutes plus stoppage time to go, and I mean it was a, I thoroughly enjoyed the second half because both yeah. teams were playing it at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, um, and it could have gone either way thereafter. I thought, especially when it was one-one, I, I thought 
is it, it whoever scores next it was going to win the game even though if it's Tacheres then it would be equalising yeah. Yeah. it just had that kind of feel to it that it was so back and forth it was like yes like, like we say here palo a palo or back and mm. forth yeah. there's no midfield whatsoever to play with it was very entertaining indeed um, so if you're looking for highlights of one game from the Superliga just gone the last weekend I would probably recommend that one um, and there were two players sorry and I think we could finish about Boca with this two players in which perhaps no one was thinking and now they are like well at ease with them which well Marcos Diaz of course yeah uh, I think Andrade couldn't do even when he was a great goalkeeper or, or saving uh, with uh, superb saves that Boca didn't score goals with him as the main uh, protagonist or, or, or the one who started the place and well Bish of course yeah, I, I think we have to, to save judgment of Andrade until he plays for Russo. Maybe this is a setup that Russo is doing during the. And he's clearly the superior keeper. Yeah, just I mean, as a, as a keeper, it's, it's, it's better. On which yeah. you no, he, he didn't play the other day because he was injured, right? Yeah. 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 So we um, have to see the distribution of Andrade under, under uh, Russo to see if that, that goes on. Um, another match in which the defence could perhaps be criticised, although it might be a little bit harsh, um, was River Plate against Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, which was a 2-0 win for the league leaders. It was a slightly tighter win, perhaps, than that makes it sound, because Ignacio Coco's excellent uh, goal to make it 2-0 for River came in stoppage time at the end of the second half. And River um, the whole game with, with 10 men, right? Yeah, River well, was time, down yeah. to 10 men for 14 minutes in mm. when Robert Rojas got sent off for... No, Pablo Diaz. It's Pablo Diaz. God, I, I was so happy with myself remembering to get his first name right. He <laughs> <laughs> was Diaz, like Marcos. Yeah, right, yeah, it was Pablo Diaz. He, he got sent off for... It was a bit... It was a straight red card, wasn't it? I, I saw yes. the replay much, much later because I actually missed the first half of the game. Um, and I was sort of looking at it and thinking... Is that a straight red card? Well, anyway. it was, in time, it was similar like uh, Izquierdos when Boca played Independiente, but mm. the red red card, mm. not a second yellow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so River went out to, for, to 10 men uh, from the 14th minute. I, as I just said, missed the first half. I, I got in at half time, watched the whole of the second half, and failed to notice that River were down to 10 men until I saw the little, spotted the little red card icon on the, score sh- on the scoreboard in the top left corner about probably halfway through the second half um, that gives you an idea if you're listening and you didn't see the game of how much River were on top even with 10 men but I think that was key because Central Cordova I think had difficulties with that because they of course planned the match to block River and with that sending send off I think they had to go ahead mm-hmm. and that was something they weren't really ready for right uh, yeah, you can you can tell it in, in their attacks because I think the Central Cordoba many times was able to put themselves in good positions, get to the final third, and, and elaborate a couple of good moves. But when it, it was the time to shoot or, or give the killer ball, the decision making was so poor. I mean, there were a couple of times that maybe they could score if they choose uh, wisely what to do, but they didn't. And River tried to to keep going on the counter attack with the. The, the forwards and eventually got the second goal but it could be yeah. a draw if Central Cordova has had enough uh, 
do do the things wisely in, instead of getting a little bit you know quicker. The closest they were to score was a, a long shot by Gervasio Núñez, mm -hmm. who we know that he does these things. He has he a, a punch. Yes, yeah. he definitely passes a punch. Yes, uh, I think it was in the middle, but Armani was like uh, for the forward. I think it was that he threw yeah, himself. Yeah. He tried to hit but uh, yes, it, it was key because they had to make those decision, decisions in attack. Like they, they weren't good. I think they were like just prepared for. Yeah, it, and it was simple because there were a couple of times, like I said, sometimes the 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 right back uh, by was was uh, you know getting to, to, to the final line and, and instead of you know, crossing he passed it or tried to shoot I mean it's pretty simple to explain it you know but obviously when you're there sometimes you don't know what to do but it was that kind of things instead of just crossing it to, to the far post it was someone alone in the middle of the of the, um, of the box it was just a pass Anyway, as, as we have to criticize uh, the decision that Central Cordoba made and Pablo Diaz stupid some mm, uh, yeah. red card, but we have to talk about also Robert Rojas, the one whom Sam uh, also mentioned, mm. uh, because he was incredibly uh, accurate to, to, to cut the, the, the attack. Super solid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a way that he hasn't always looked for River since joining. Um, I, I was also I was very impressed with Nicolas de la Cruz. He got absolutely everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when I realised that they were down to ten men, I looked at the scoreline and thought, "Hang on a second, they've got they've got a red card." Um, I put it down <laughs> the fact that I hadn't noticed. I, I put that down to the fact that de la Cruz was just all over the place in a positive way. Um, <laughs> and Matias Suarez also were. Matias Suarez also. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Matias Suarez also very nearly scored possibly the goal of the weekend with a lovely uh, lob at the end of a nice team move that came back off the crossbar um, and speaking of goals of the weekend Ignacio Ecocos, uh as I already said was a contender although we had a few stunners this weekend one of which at least one of which came in Independiente's 5-0 dismantling of Rosario Central um, I'm struggling to remember which one it was actually the really really it was Leandro Fernandez's uh, far post header which came at the end of it like an eight pass move yeah. from the halfway line it was lovely well the third one was also with a couple of passes yeah Brian Romero so Alexander Barbosa opened the scoring very early on Fernandez and Romero added to the score before half time and then Silvio Romero Brian's not brother um, made it 4-0 seven minutes into the second half and Andres Roa wrapped things up uh, later on Central obviously a little bit more on top in the second half but I mean Independiente were playing in second gear by that point they, they look much more interesting I actually made the point to our occasional contributor and tamed Independiente fan Peter um, on Twitter during the game that Independiente were really unlucky in that after the summer break with a new manager coming in transfer business that they had done and everything I mean they weren't one of the busier teams in that respect but still uh, their first two games competitive games of the year were at home to River and away to Boca which is fairly bad luck um, and so but, but I thought even in those two games they looked much more interesting yeah. you know, there was much more yeah. about them than there have been last year I must say that it's quite impressive to win 5-0 while having fewer shots than your opponent your mm. beaten opponent yeah, but you, you can you can put it out that Rosario Central in the end, the final five ten minutes, they were just, they were just shooting. Oh, they were all over the place, yeah. and they were so bad in defence that. Oh, 
It, it, it so this, bad. This is another one of these yeah. games that I'm saying. You can well, press the attack. Strange for a Diego Coca Diego Coca He's I usually never, a coach who has his defence well drilled. It's been a long time that I saw a team so partial uh, and static in defence. Yeah. They, 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 they weren't following the, the runs. No, they, I they think they didn't fill up Mark in anyone. I wonder how much of it. So Facundo Almada, one of the centre-backs, got injured 18 minutes in and had to be subbed off for subbed. Subbed off is a tautology, isn't it? Had to be subbed for Cristian Gonzalez. And, they've um, no and I wonder how much of that fed into it because Cristian Gonzalez isn't Really? Oh no, hang on, I'm thinking Keely Gonzalez. Yeah, I was going to say, if you put Keely Gonzalez in central defence. Yeah, but it was, it was everyone. It was the, 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 the centre mid not, not yeah. covering enough. It wasn't just a name that was yeah. responsible. They have two players that, are, that were in the past uh, tournament and aren't there right, right now. Of course, they aren't perhaps the best defenders uh, in in Argentina, but Barbieri was there and now he's not there anymore. And Molina, the right back that is now at Boca, and even they don't know whether Boca will keep him. Uh, because and Central came from a fairly positive result. Uh, yeah, they did. Weekend, they, right? they won the previous weekend against. Yeah. Let me just bring it up because I remember don't, them looking good uh, against Huracan. Yeah, to one in the they last minute. Huracan have got less well, attacking yeah. threat yes. than a declawed puppy. So, what does that say? Indeed, yes. And they, and they are uh, they have problems now with the relegation so. Central are there are there Trump, yes, I don't think they're going to be sucked enough. They've got nah. enough cushion, but nah. um, we will move on. Independiente's next game, of course, is Dan. Would you like to away to Racing? Indeed. So we may as well move on to Racing's match, which I was at, which I suspect Dan. You, I'm assuming you watched it on TV and you probably caught more of it than I did because I was with a very curious uh, visitor to Buenos Aires who was just talking to me all through the game. Sam, what's this? Um, Sam, why are they doing that? Sam, why are they playing that? No, 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 shit? not that. He, he knew what was going on. Um, but he, he was just, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good conversation. Yeah. But we didn't end up paying quite as much attention to the match as um, uh, I would have liked. Um, but that match saw Eduardo Lopez uh, give Argentinos a very early lead, which I thought for the most part they more or less deserved by the by the time the half-time whistle went, although Racing came back into it. Mm. And then in the second half, kind of the opposite. I mean, apart from the early lead, Racing had to work a bit for their equaliser. Uh, Thiago Banega. Thiago Banega, yes. Never heard of him. Yes, I, I saw the name on the back of his shirt at one point when he yeah. turned just in front of us and hit across, across the pitch. It's a promesa. But, um, but now it's a reality. No mm. relation to ever. Yeah. No, indeed, well yeah. That's why I recognised the surname. Yeah. But I, I was like, no... No, he's one of a couple of young guys who's come in, who've come in um, so far in 2020. The other, I've started the sentence and I can't remember his name. Uh, I think he was on the bench, Kazade or something along those lines. You can tell who they are because they all have terrible haircuts because they've um, been forcibly um, shaved. I can't see anybody of that kind of name on the bench. There's your bench. Let's have a look. I must not. I was on the bench in the in the first game against Atletico Tucumán. Uh-huh. He must have not made the bench for this last game, but he did play. And it's not important. He'll we'll see him in a few years where he's uh, playing for Barcelona or whatever. I'm sure. Um, the Washington. I mean, yeah, it was an identical. <laughs> probably, um, it was an identical result um, from Racing's first uh, league game of 2020 against Atletico and kind of left a very similar sensation Racing played 
football for spells, sadly not especially extended spells. Yeah. They still look like they're trying to jam square pegs into round holes, getting uh, Bekasese's tactics and strategy to work with players who don't really look that comfortable with it. Um, again, having three midfielders in defence out of four, and the other one being a very attack-minded defender, is not conducive to to very solid defending. Um, I think Racing were let off the hook a little bit on Saturday because Argentinos didn't didn't show much in attack right apart from a few bursts from Alchi yeah a couple of sparks from Batashini isolated moments isolated moments but Batashini didn't yeah. it wasn't having one of his better days I mean when he no. is when he's on it he's brilliant yes he, it's few and far between unfortunately yes and Saturday wasn't one of them um, the game was there really for for Racing I think to, to push on they had kind of you know you look at the team this is the bulk of the side that were champions not even a year ago and you think uh, they'd have enough to they'd have enough to pull through, but it's it's just not quite working. Hmm. Um, how that appertains to um, to the Clasico, I don't think it has that much to do with it because at the very least, um, Racing play better than Central, and they're not quite um, as uh, as far gone on the headless chicken scale as as Central were um, when they played. Um, Racing's still going to be going into the Clasico with. Three midfielders in their back four, though. Uh, I think got any that Leo Sigali is coming back. The problem is he's played forty-five minutes in the whole of two thousand and twenty so far. Huh. But I'd rather have him back because on his day he's an excellent defender. Oh yeah, he was not probably on one of the best of um, in Argentina. He was not used sub on Saturday. As yeah. was Ivan Pichud. Yeah, Pichud's out. Becker says he prefers Walter Montosha as his right back. So at least one of those it's three midfielders in yes. defence is actually by choice. But then, Pichu, can we actually even call him a defender? He plays in defence, <laughs> but is he a defender? Is he a footballer? Is he a footballer? Well, well, he's well, a two-time champion, there, yeah. but... Is what was the problem with Donati there? He left to San Lorenzo. Donati was annoyed because he signed a contract with Racing, I think, at the start of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't... Updated to reflect the, the latest comings and goings in the dollar. Okay. I don't know if any of you guys have realised it's gone a bit squiffy. Oh, I've heard something about in that. In the last couple of years, yeah? Yeah, yeah they. Yeah. Really? Someone's mentioned it, yeah. Wow. Uh, so he didn't like that, and I think he I think he wanted to go anyway, to be honest. Um, new challenge and all that. I don't think so, is paying him $1 million uh, a season. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's coming out of Marcelo Pinelli's pocket. Is he mini me? (laughs) Could be. Moving on. Uh, Another game that we should talk about. Any other games, guys, that that come to mind? I watched Uraka Gimnasia, which was dreadful. Dreadful. Absolutely excruciating. But Diego Maradona was given another armchair for his collection. Oh, which yeah. apparently is going to be auctioned off yeah they auctioned it was the best uh, uh, I was going to say he'd have, an, uh, he'd have an amazing dining room the first one was amazing dining room the first room one was these chairs. was auction for almost a million pesos the news one yeah. I thought they were going to keep that for their museum or something. no like the first the, the oh they, they made a replica didn't they yeah, yeah. one million pesos one million pesos good grief yeah. um, 
so that was that. Is that all you have to say about that game? I didn't watch it's, it, so I know for all I know. Well, I mean, looking at the results, it. you can say that Gimnasia probably uh, missed a trick because a few of their direct relegation rivals failed to pick up points. In fact, if they'd won, if they'd have won that game, they would have gone ahead of Patronato in the Promedios. Yes, and finally got enough the bottom until until Patronato played. Until Patronato yeah. played, yeah, I can't. I don't. Perhaps the best thing. Perhaps the best thing for for Gimnasia and for Madonna is that the Agudelo, one of the uh, signings uh, he cor- carried to, to uh, El Bosque, uh, scored the equalizer. Perhaps as the most remarkable thing of uh, about the, the team, because other, the, apart from that, there was no, no nothing mo- much. Uh, you, you could rescue. Yeah, uh, and, and it was kind of following of the difficulty he had, the gimnasia had to score with Tijanovic, with Spinelli, that didn't did much, so maybe Agudelo is starting to... And now Barrios, I don't think he will score 30 goals no. a season. But they could be turning the corner again, because it came out today that gimnasia have hired a sort of faith healer. I'm not entarely sure of his exact title. Oh, what? Um, I know the guy's name is Alejandro Morgan. If you Google that very quickly. Morgan, as in... Alejandro Morgan. English surname, yes. Morgan. Okay. And he's the latest, and, he's, and he provides kind of spiritual... Um, I don't know, he's, he's, active. Oh, yeah. he's not related to United States women's striker Alex Morgan, is he? Because I don't think Alejandro so. Morgan, Alex, JP Morgan. Is he just Alex Morgan in a, with a fake beard on? Very possibly. Well, maybe Very the, the the witches in in Massachusetts were Morgan too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. the bank, Morgan. the bank, uh, J P Morgan. <laughs> I think there's some kind of a conspiracy going on. There's definitely yeah. something there. Illuminati yeah. stuff and all that. Uh, one one thing I do know about that game because I've seen replays is that Rodrigo Gomez's goal for Huracan two was minutes good. in was another goal of the weekend contender. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get to the one that I think is the goal of the weekend in a very short while. But first of all. Lanus versus Godoy Cruz, um, the other current now post weekend member of the top three to won their match, did so thanks to goals from Marcelino Moreno an hour in, and Jose Sand with a penalty in the 80th minute, which makes him trivia fans another member of the scored professional goals in four different decades club. Because I checked, and his first professional goal was during the 1999 Apertura when he was on loan at Colón. Mm-hmm. Played five times for them and scored one goal, um, which means he scored in the 90s, the 2000s, mm-hmm. the 10s, and now the 20s. Who else? Of course, if he scores again in, I can't remember the exact date, but sometime in like the last third of September, I think it is, he'll become the oldest ever goal scorer in Argentine top flight mm-hmm. history. Who else is a member of this club, Sam? Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic did, and somebody, um, I can't remember the guy's first name, but it, is it... Uh, Wilbraham or something in one of the English lower leagues uh, did it on New Year's Day. Oh. So he, he, he became the first. Uh, Ibrahimovic did it a couple of days later and there, there must be at least one or two others. In Probably the, 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 the Japanese guy. Yes. He's 50-something. They're not necessarily the only ones because you know, in, in decades past it might have happened as well. Yeah. Uh, but I have... I, I did tweet the question in, in Spanish to a couple of the main Argentine stats accounts asking whether anybody had done it in the history of the Argentine league before um, and they normally I, I get responses from them but they didn't reply to this one so I don't know if they just don't have the numbers or, or what but uh, it'd be interesting to find out if you've got statistics for the Argentine league and I realise that really this should be you lot as listeners asking <laughs> us this but we're lazy um, then do get in touch if you have any proof mm-hmm. that there might have been a player to do it in Argentina prior to this 
I guess just look at the list of the oldest goal scorers and go back through there. We might get lucky. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that later. Well, I don't he could be the, the oldest goal scorer in history of Argentina if he continues like this because mm. 38 years, years yeah, old. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I said. If he scores in, in like the last few days of September or it might be October, I can't remember the exact month or the exact date, um, but he will become the, the top flight at least, the all-time highest goal scorer. Uh, all-time oldest goal scorer, I should say. Because um, when he did it, he scored a goal in like November or something and there was somebody said, oh, if he scores after the something of September next year mm-hmm. then he will he, so he just became the second oldest right? and he will then become the oldest if he scores after this date because he'll be older than Labruna is it, is it Labruna who's got the record playing for River sure. yeah mm-hmm. um, so that was Lanús versus Godoy Cruz just an interesting bit of trivia not really very much else to say Newell's old boys winner against San Lorenzo I think gets my goal of the weekend um, I haven't seen that can you describe it Aníbal Moreno with you remember the goal he scored for Argentina? Was it under 23s or under 20s or something last year at some point? He scored an absolute screamer with his right foot for about 35 yards mm, out. Possibly. Basically yes. the same goal but with his left foot. Right. Um, so he's two footed. That's good. Which bodes well for the future. Um, he scored it with 19 minutes left to play. Was he withdrawn um, from the under 23s call up or just not included? Don't know. Anyway, the goal of the week surely will be, of course, this is something I can say quickly. Was called by Giovanni Reina. Go on. He oh, plays in Borussia Dortmund, and he's the son of Claudio Reina, the former United States uh-huh. playmaker. And he could play for Argentina if he's eligible oh, to play, play for Argentina. Yeah, he has his uh, grand- grandfather is uh, Argentinian. He played yep. for Los Andes. Yeah. And it is said that uh, he could play for Argentina. Of course, uh, the most uh, uh, reasonable thing is that he plays for United States. Because his son is... And he's playing for the under-20s. Yes. So. Uh, but his goal was... Wait, hang on. He's playing for who's under-20s? The United States. Okay. Yeah. But his goal was just... If you can watch it, watch it. Because it was just amazing. The, 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 the place where he put the ball was just straight to the angle and delicious. Yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for the tip-off. Uh, Newell's, I think, I didn't see the game, but by all accounts, it was a very well-deserved victory for them over San Lorenzo, who, even with Donati in defence, aren't looking that great. Um, trying to remember what they did the weekend before, actually. They drew with Estudiantes, of course they did. Um, so, yeah, any other notable results from the weekend? Jones? Well, talking about Estudiantes, I saw the Spantling against Union. Mm-hmm. They played really well, Estudiantes. They were far superior to Tony Sanders between gritted teeth. No, no, no. Can't be wearing it on your I know, shirt. but uh, I, I think that the the, the problem with, with Union going it's just the midfielder. And to, today, apparently, against Atletico Mineiro, they're improvising a little bit, to lack of a better word. <laughs> but Sudanese was far, far better than Union. There was no contest at all. Mm. Because the only, uh, besides they have a, a red card, um, yeah, they, they, late on, right? But yeah. which is the, I think, yeah. it's the third of the season, and it matches his own record of number of red cards as the the the, yeah. the player with the most red cards in the same season. Impressive. That happened when he was in Arsenal. So in the. Wait, hang on. Three red cards in one season can't yeah. possibly be an Argentine league record. Really? I've read it, yeah. 
Wow. Maybe I'm wrong. People can. Everything you think you know about this league is. It is not true. Once, once in twelve matches is that is quite a lot. It's a lot. True. Thirteen yeah. matches. No, fair enough. Yeah. So you can't take him the run. There's probably one more <laughs> to get the record now. So yeah. Um, I can also confirm that Alejandro Morgan, um, I might from a bit earlier, was hired to do what is mentioned in this interview I'm reading as an energetic cleaning, which I think. <laughs> Okay. refers to <laughs> the cleaning of the stadium's sun, anyways. of uh, Gymnasia Stadium's energies rather than just he cleaned the stadium in a in an energetic okay. uh, mood. Excellent. So yeah, and they got a draw against Vélez. Oh, I was checking the four decades thing. Oh, okay. La Bruna did, but did? not but not for Argentina. Okay. While playing entirely for Argentina, he played for the first goal was in the 39 season. And the final goal in Argentina was in the 59 season. Then in the 60 play in Uruguay and Chile. Then returned in the 61 okay, to Platense, but didn't, didn't score. No, but that counts. He scored in 1960. He did, he yeah. scored a professional goal in 1960. Yep. So he did it. Wow. Oh, really? That was a good guess. Good guess. Good. Yeah. Give myself a pat on the back for that. Pepe not that it has a particular Pepe Sanden. 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 Pepe and of course, Labruna. Is Labruna still Rivers' all time top scorer? Yes. He is, isn't he? So, yes. and Pepe Sam was He's not once. Rivers' all time top scorer. But he was once, <laughs> he was once Rivers' youth, uh, youth system's all time top goal scorer. No, but the, then he was uh, uh, Andrada, Federico Andrada, the, yeah. the one who scored more goals than him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is that. We have got, I mean, there are a lot of 1 1 draws this weekend, weren't there? I'm just yes. looking at this now. Vélez Aldo Sibi, Huracán Gimnasia. Atlético Tucumán Defensa y Justicia Argentinos Racing All 1-1 um, Which seems I don't know whether it is But it seems Statistically improbable mm-hmm. So there we go um, Who has Hernán Crespo Taken charge of Remind me Was it Defensa y Justicia Defensa y Justicia yes. With an awful on goal For the goalkeeper Oh it was hilarious Oh yes. my god He tried to craft turn The, uh, the on rushing striker And just knock the ball Into his own net Before he could get back really to it He doesn't have brilliant. any luck Crespo's uh, coach. He, he had no. some desperately unlucky results at Banfield. They played well, but they just always got the wrong result. And now it seems yeah. it's destined to continue. Uh, it was Ezequiel Unsain, by the way, was the identity of the goalkeeper who did this. I remember talking about him as a great promise of Argentine goalkeeping. He said, well, really? But when we started this podcast at some point, or in past years, we were all, when he was young and just breaking through. Was he a um, promise? I can't remember. Yeah, he, he seems like he was yeah, really, really good. Yeah, he was but then... So yeah, Atletico won, Defensa Justicia won in Crespo's first game in charge. Do a bit of a about it, isn't it? recap of the standings of the relegation? I think I might. Uh, the, the standings, first of all the relegation, uh, because we've mentioned that already. Gimnasia, as Dan said earlier, if they had won against Huracan, could have lifted themselves off the bottom. Um, and even after Patronato's match... Uh, as it was, if Gimnasia had won, those two would now be level. Um, as it is, of course, Gimnasia didn't win, so they're not. Gimnasia have 72 points from 70 games. Patronato have 74 points from 70 games. And Aldo Sibi complete the relegation zone for now with 49 points from 43 games. Colón are in 
safety and have 80 points from 70 games, which means that Patronato and Gimnasia, at least, can need to be thinking that they are, respectively, six and eight points away from safety. Don't forget, although we're going to be talking about the championship uh, race uh, with six games to go, the relegation battle has got way more than that to go because the Copa Superliga group stage standings are also going to count towards this relegation table because Superliga. Like, I, can't, I was going to say because AFA, but that's not... It's very much not the AFA who are doing this now. They're not the only um, ones who can mess up Argentina. Central, uh, Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, after that 2-0 defeat away to River, have 21 points from 18 games, so they're just above um, Colón. And Central, as we said, following that thrashing by Independiente, possibly, I mean, I think that they're probably far enough above at the moment that they don't have to worry immediately, but both them and Newell's, interestingly, are on 87 points from 70 games. So they're the next two teams up the table and they sh- might be getting a bit nervous if Gimnasia it's especially continue to put together a decent run. Um, but we will see what happens. In the championship standings, there are six matches still to go and River lead the way with 36 points, uh, Boca a second with 33, Lanús a third with 32, Argentinos after that draw with Racing a fourth with 31 points. So we, have, we now have some daylight. I mean, when we restarted the league a couple of weeks ago when we were recording our um, end of summer break um, episode, there were like four points separating the top 12 teams or something silly. It's now five points separating the top four. But from there on downwards, it is still very congested. Mm-hmm. Fifth place, Belles have 30 points. In sixth, Arsenal have 29. Newells have 29 in seventh. Central have 29 in eighth. In 9th and 10th, Estudiantes and Racing have 28 points each. In 11th and 12th, Atletico Tucumán and San Lorenzo have 27 points each. So just to remind you, Vélez have 30 and are in 5th. So that's 3 points, separating 5th from 12th. Um, Independiente are 13th with 25 points. Defensa Justicia 14th with 25 points. Tacheres and Banfield have 24 each. Union have 23. Central Cordoba have 21. Gimnasia 16. Huracan 16. Aldo Civi 16. Colón 16. Patronato 15. Godoy Cruz 9. So there is a bigger gap between 23rd and 24th than there is. Uh, I mean, that's a six point gap. So there's a bigger gap between 20, 23rd and 24th than there is between 5th and 14th. Um, which shows you, it gives you some indication of how crap Godoy Cruz are this season. And yet they're not even anywhere near their relegation stands. No, they're not. God bless the Promedios. Yeah. Uh, Talking about Promedios, sorry. Oh, they are, gonna, uh, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. They're, they're 13th Finish. in the relegation yeah. standings, thanks <laughs> to a 56-point season in 2017-18, uh, I think. They finished runners up, right? Yeah. 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 When they get to the Libertadores. Um, I'm also going to add about the Promedios... Is Colón is getting deeper and deeper, and they have the Brian Fernandez, which I, I, I we talk about in the in the preview. That that's yeah. gonna be a mess to handle. And he jumped that, into the match against Manfield, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll do some um, off pitch discussing and a little bit of Primera Femenina talk after the break. Before the break, sorry. We'll go on. Do you want to guess who's gonna be probably if he scores for Boston River? The, another one of the club of the four decades elsewhere. Abreu. Sebastián Abreu. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. The man who already has the record for the most clubs signed for yeah. and coolest matter in world football history. <laughs> um, 
We're going to go away now. Don't go away. You, though, please stay with us. Bye for now. begin with the Primera Femenina. Um, Tony, the last time that you told us what was going on was for a Hand of Pod extra episode that was put online towards the end of the summer break. In fact, right at the end of the summer break, because I forgot to upload it sooner. Um, so, updates. It kicked off. So, the weekend just gone was the first weekend back after the summer no, break. No, it's going to be the, right? the next one. This one. Pardon? This one on the February 8th. They're going to return. Oh, it hasn't rec- oh, so when I asked you whether this is the round, <laughs> oh, so I, 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 the last I, round before the summer. Before, yeah. Well, oh, okay, I mis- right. Well, in that case, let, let's, let's uh, bring uh, non-extra listeners up to speed roughly with what's going on. Uh, because So the situation at the moment is that most of the main, like the regular season bit, has been played. Mm-hmm. We have about five rounds left to play. Mm-hmm. And then when once they've all been played, it's the same the same structure as last year yeah. where the top half and the bottom half split and it's a bit like I don't know when the Scottish League still does it but it used to in the men's game um, and you've got a bunch of teams playing for the title and a bunch of other teams playing to avoid relegation yes right? exactly like that um, quick, quickly going to the last round the, the most important games were Boca winning against Gimnasia Femenil River winning 7-0 against Defensores de Belgrano and the Guayurquiza um, winning 5-0 Against Escursionista, so there was a, there were a lot of goals. So the current standings are Boca top on thirty one points, Guayorquiza second on twenty eight, but with a game in hand. Yes. So they will almost definitely go joint top with Boca when they play that game in hand. Um, although I know that Boca have a significantly better goal difference, which is interesting. Maybe it just comes down to who that game in hand for Guayorquiza is against. Probably. Um, San Lorenzo are third with the same number of games played as Boca, but with twenty six points. River have a, a game in hand as well, and they have 23 points. Um, Central, who of course are one of the new um, teams in the Primera, uh, have 18 points in fifth. Gimnasia, six with 17. Racing and Independiente, Dan will be interested to hear, have 16 points apiece. There we go. Separated on your goal difference. Um, but also have, oh, right, I've just realised Racing have got two games in hand. So Racing have played nine, and Independiente played 11. And, and, and that's the cut. Each. For the oh that is right yeah okay so the top the eight seven first. Like eight racing at the, if it were to end today oh I see right eight both of those right independiente or eighth yeah um, good so what's going on one thing that our, our hundred sure. extra listeners didn't get was the transfer window right there, there has been a summer transfer window of sorts no I'm it's going to be in March okay for some reason the in between stages of the league yes I'm guessing that, that right. makes sense I guess. That, that's going to be whether the transfer transfer is going to be done uh, if there's any <laughs> because for example when the after we recorded the when did the, this happen what happened Pablo Perez to news right now I suppose <laughs> we will talk about that in a minute oh. um, sorry um, so the transfer uh, summary for 2019 were, were published by FIFA mm-hmm. and for example one of the main differences were that for the men's game there were 7 billion dollars spent on players but 
half a million on women's fees. Right. So it's a huge difference. I don't think there's going to be much to see on the transfer window because most of the transfers actually are free transfers. Yeah. I don't think that we, we will see a lot. Uh, the only movement on of actual uh, big movement was Candela Cejas from Platense to Excursionistas. Um, uh-huh. But mainly because Plat- the new structure of Platense and the training um, schedule was uh, conflicted with her job. So she had to resign and, and right. try to find a new club. Yeah, it's, it's worth clarifying there for those who aren't aware. Obviously, this season is the first season, the first professional season in the history of women's football in Argentina. That doesn't mean um, that all of the players can afford to not have jobs on the side. Yeah. It's, essentially, it's a semi-professional league now. It's a big step forward from where it was. Uh, but it still isn't necessarily the final end goal that most of the players and a lot of the fans would like to see. Uh, in the middle, as big news, we have that now the players can have a leave when they are pregnant, mm-hmm. which is a good sure. thing. And yesterday, there was they were announced that they're going to be a Copa Argentina for the, the Femenina between um, Primera A, Primera B, uh, Primera C, and some some teams from the interior. So. Okay. That's going to be interesting to see from the next season. That's another trophy for Wajokisa to... Probably. <laughs> uh, the next uh, round, which is going to start this week, which is the first one from the the, the summer break, Wajokisa plays against Racing, uh, Lanús against Excursionistas, Independiente against Rosario Central, those on Saturday. On Sunday, Defensores del Grano plays against El Porvenir, San Lorenzo against Huracán. So we have a Clásico, it's going to be on TV yeah. at 9 o'clock in the morning, Gimnasia La Plata against Platense, Estudiantes against River, and on Monday, Villa San Carlos plays against Boca. Sorry, did you say 9 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. There are two, three games at 9 o'clock, one on, sa- one on Saturday and two on Sunday. When it's very Genuinely, I want them... Next season, I, I, I would love it if the players got enough of a voice to say... We want one of the prime time spots that you give to the Superliga, and one of the Superliga matches has to be played at the time that you normally give. Us. What? Do you know that? Hysterically funny. Obviously, for many, many reasons, amongst which are institutional misogyny, it will never happen, but I would love it to happen. Did you know that the last Platense against Huracan, the friendly that play on Sunday, and think about the, the weather on Sunday? Yeah. It was played at midday, like 12 o'clock. And without any kind of shade. Or but just to clarify, but if it's a friendly, that's as the organisers like that's not. Of course, it's, it's, not, it's not the league. But some people being really stupid. It, it's so hard to have a. I mean, in, in some ways, nine o'clock in the morning, temperature-wise at this time of year would actually be far more pleasant than playing at five or seven in the afternoon. Yeah. But I mean, if you you know get out of bed for it, I'm sure those, those matches <laughs> but are going to be uh, on TNT yeah. Sports. So. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they were thinking about people wo- going to the to the stadium to watch that, well, yeah, I mean, going at nine o'clock in the morning to Bisha Lynch. Yes, I don't think that's a good plan <laughs> on Saturday. Of course, thanks. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't help because no one's gonna. I mean, of 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 course, there's gonna be people, but it doesn't put you on the spot to play first in a, in a paid uh, cable channel at nine in the morning. A week. Yeah, then anyway, it's better to go beach challenge at that time and not at nine <laughs> p.m. So okay, wait. Well, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And at least the game's not going to be ending in darkness. Um, we had sorry, we had the the trofeo de verano with Boca one 
because they play against River and the uh, come up selection of San Luis. Uh, okay. I catch the Super Clásico, which was I felt entertaining. There was the common the common uh, referee mistakes. For example, a lot of things there should be red cards, like straight red cards. Mm -hmm. They didn't get even a, a, a foul call. And the, the, I mean, I think that the most baffling was two minutes into the game, the ball hit the referee, and the referee didn't stop the game to get the to restart the game. Yeah, they, they play on. No, no, nothing happened. She didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, she didn't notice. No, nobody cares. Uh, but Boca won uh, fairly. It was a 2-0. River didn't have any organization in defense. They weren't really clinical in attack. And Boca was much better. The, the second goal is a beauty. It was a, a cutback from from the left. Sorry, from the right. Yeah, from the right. And there was a, a, a strike that Chiribello didn't get enough uh, with her jump to, to put it out of the... The crossbar was a really good goal. This was a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um, cool, good. Um, yeah, it's, it's also, I mean, it's worth pointing out when we talk about those ridiculous kickoff times that the, the players in the Primera Femenina, at least now, the newly professional women's players, are mostly members of Agremiados, right? The yes. players' union. Yes. Uh, I.e., the men's players' union. Uh, but it's now the men's and women's players' union. So it's not as if they don't have any say, but. I suppose as it, long as they're not playing after about 11 in the morning... Yeah, yeah that's it. With summer it's also, hours, it's not... It's, it's not also playing against the current, because yeah. first of all, the contract, then the, the leave when they get pregnant. It's, it's something else that gets uh, in the middle of the road to yeah. have a good... Um, Baby feminine, steps, yeah. Just for the benefit of new listeners, and particularly those in the Northern Hemisphere, by the way, the, way that we're, uh, the, the reason that we're talking about these kickoff times... Um, as, as being inhumane or whatever after 11 in the morning and, and the reason that at the moment the Superliga, the men's match matches aren't kicking off before half past five uh, is that the Players Union has an agreement that during the summer months they don't kick off earlier because it would be horrendous I yes. mean, to be honest, if the weather today happens this weekend then the matches that are kicking off at quarter to ten at night are still going to be deeply unpleasant Yeah, and in, playing in, in places morning. like Santiago del Estero Yeah um, Luckily for us, uh, Andres has decided to, to see to this. He's going to a swimming pool or something in the weekend, so obviously it's going to rain. Yes, fingers crossed. No, no offense, Andres. He's, he's taken the sacrifice for all of us. Yes, only thanking. Although it rained this morning. It rained last night too. I, I am reliably informed. Yeah, it rained last night because <laughs> I, was, I was up last night. But I'm reliably informed by people who were awake in the morning that it also rained this morning, yes. um, and it's still been absolutely stinking today. Indeed. Anyway. Dan, a few minutes ago you asked what's up with Pablo Perez because he appeared on our television screens. Yes. Um, and so I decided to Google Pablo Perez rescinded, or, or rather Independiente rescinded Pablo Perez's contract mm -hmm. a few hours ago. And as we see on the television, or as we saw on the television because they're now back to showing tennis, um, he has signed for Newell's, his, his yes. boyhood club. This is interesting because about this time last week we decided not to mention it because it was probably baseless speculation. But there was some talk about, about him Pablo maybe Perez signing for Newell's. Point. We definitely talked about Pablo Perez, but we didn't mention the stories that suggested he might sign for Newell's again. Right. Oh, the, the thing was that um, Independiente owes uh, Perez, Pablo Perez a lot of money, and, and Newell's wasn't in the position to pay yes. him the wages. Well, we did mention uh, it, didn't we? Yeah, yes. you're quite right, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that. The high wages that he he uh, gets at, at Boca, at, uh, Independiente, perhaps, will be re uh, considerably... Uh, 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 
well, will be uh, lower, much lower in, at, at news, I think. Uh, so yes, that's uh, something we don't know what we, what we don't know now is that he has left to go there to his, his first club, of course. Yeah, his contract at Independiente was supposed to run until the middle of 2021. Um, I'm trying to find out whether this article says anything at all about the um, their deal that he has signed with Newells, but I can't I'm find it. I'm guessing he must be giving up a fair bit of cash. That would be my... Uh, he must be, must not he? My Newells don't have any well, money. Well, it's Newells. So. It? It's Rosario. It's the Provincial Fondaje. I saw a cracking... There we go. Independent statistic. Go um, Pablo Perez played 35 games for Independiente and managed to get 17 yellow cards. That is an extremely respectable average of one just under one every two. Classic. And two reds. Yeah. Classic <laughs> yard, yardstick for a decent goal scorer, though, isn't it? One so it's two. more than a card every two games, we can say. Indeed. Um, talking of decent goal scorers, by the way, some of you might be wondering whether we're going to mention... Lionel Messi's situation at Barcelona um, I'm going to take an editorial decision and say probably not because there are Spanish football podcasts and stuff that you can listen to who will be able to give you far 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 better information um, I did however I'm going to mention it really briefly to say that I did see Veronica Brunati uh, who's a very well connected um, journalist uh, particularly well connected at Barcelona she is the, the wife of the Argentine journalist who was killed in a road traffic accident during the World Cup in Brazil um, and he, of course, was, was one of Lionel Messi's mates. Um, and she tweeted earlier that uh, the information that she's got is that everybody's making a bit of a mountain out of a molehill and that oh, yeah. he's still got a year and a half to go on his contracts and he's highly likely to renew. Um, so we will see. But we're not going to go into any more detail than that because, as we say, the Spanish football podcast well, and others will be able to What we have more. to care about is that now, now Lionel Messi, and he has shown that some time ago also, he's not shy anymore, or at least he... Now we'll speak when he he's called to, uh, and in this case he can even be furious and, and, and well, it was Instagram, of course. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's I becoming mean, an elder statesman. One of his minions wrote it, so. an Instagram, mas- an Instagram yeah. message. Yeah, he was sitting in the throne, petting the log. But that, made, <laughs> but that made Bartomeu fly to Barcelona and had tried to meet Messi. So, of course, it was Instagram, but... Uh, Indeed, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what else, gents? Anything else to wrap up? Um, no, oh, Belles, the one against Aucas. Go on, Belles, one against. Oh yeah, there have been um, oh, continental have the, matches, yeah. haven't Sorry, there? we have the TAS uh, decision. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> so, right, really briefly, then we're not going to go into too much detail over this, but congratulations, River Plate fans! You are officially 2018 Copa Libertadores champions now. But you can't go to the next two Libertadores matches. No, yeah, yeah. if you're in Buenos Aires then you won't be able to actually attend the games yeah. because they've been given a too much back. So, and, and they will have to play all of the uh, group stage with no crowd, two. with no people. Uh, uh, two, games. Ha- two games. No, but here they had already been fined by Colmebol. There's because a game, of the, 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 the com- flares. The Colmebol so thing for the flares is a suspended uh, one though, so I don't... One, and now they are... Very, very oh, okay, so they, they, they couldn't just do a match for both. No, they accumulate oh, okay. two and... and to the other one, so they are three. Yeah. All of the group stage, we know no people, we know uh, supporters, which is a lot of money, of course. Yeah. Mm, the this year's Libertadores uh, and indeed this year's Sudamericana, as Tony says, have kicked off. Um, they are the Libertadores is currently into the second round of the qualifiers. 
Um, and the first legs of those, most of them have been played already. Is there one still to come tonight or something, maybe? But anyway, the first legs so far are Universidad de Chile, nil, Internacional of Porto Alegre, nil, Macará of Venezuela, nil, Tolima, one, Independiente Medellín, four, Tachira, nil. So probably going to be seeing Dim in the third round of the qualifiers. Cerro Largo of Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah, good. Yes. Thank you for filling that in. Uh, one Palestino, one uh, Palestino of Chile. Universitario, uh, the club who lent their stadium to last year's Libertadores final, of course, in Peru. That's true. Uh, one Cerro Porteño, whose stadium was supposed to host last year's Libertadores. No, it wasn't. No, it was the no, Sudamericana, no, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah. Um, who lent their stadium to the Sudamericana final. One, so that was a 1 1 draw. The strongest. Of Uruguay, two Atlético Tucumán, nil last night. Obviously in La Paz, that's not the most surprising scoreline of all time. Uh, relatively short trip, though, isn't it, between Tucumán and La Paz? Yes. Certainly compared with the Buenos Aires clubs that fly. Uh, Defined relatively, yeah. Well, you it's could closer than Buenos Aires. Um... If you had a bunch of good podcasts to catch up on, you could do it overland without. Mm, yeah, oh no, La Paz no. is quite a way into Bolivia, isn't it? I'm getting no, yeah. it'd be about four or five hours once you cross the Bolivia border. It's a longer trip. Guarani, Guarani of Paraguay one Corinthians nil in I think we can all say by far the funniest result that's happened so far this week. Yes. Um <laughs> the second leg of that will be in Sao Paulo next week, the twelfth, is the twelfth week? Yeah, next yes. Wednesday. Um and then the other game which is going to be played later tonight. Uh, in about an hour and a half no in about an hour's time is Barcelona of uh, Guayaquil versus Sporting Cristal we don't know whether Lionel Messi will be available for Barcelona just yet um, I mean he's, he's just played today I guess we it, it's a bit of a yeah yeah. Sort of that, that's not La Paz supersonic the time difference the advantage supersonic jet flight from one stadium to the other um, in the Sudamericana, the results so far are Coquimbo Unido. We're really going to go through all the. Yeah. Oh so, my god. The Sudamericana. Really wait. They're, not, they're, they're not allowed. The qualification, the qualification <laughs> rounds of the Sudamericana are the best chance to come up with just amazing club names that you had no idea existed. Very. So Coquimbo Unido from. Chile. 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 That's where Coquimbo is. Well done. Versus. Coquimbo Versus Aragua of. Venezuela. I th- from the name for some reason I was thinking that oh, yeah. the, also from the absolutely atrocious looking badge <laughs> in clip art uh, Coquimbo Nino won that one 3-0 Nacional Potosí who, whose badge is a rip off of River Plate's badge um, nil Melgar 2 that was Bolivia versus Peru mm-hmm. Vélez Sarsfield got a 1-0 win over Alcas of I want to say Chile Right. Right. No, it works. Very fun goal too. Yeah. Big boy and Andre three thousand not present for Outcast in that one, unfortunately. Oh, I, right. <laughs> it doesn't work written down, but it works if you're reading it out. Outcast has Victor Figueroa, the former news. Do they? Uh, oh my god. Wow, yes. okay. Uh, Fluminense won Universidad La Calera. Union La Calera, sorry, one. It just says U La Calera here, so I, I took a guess and then realised I was wrong. For I La Calera, score Gonzalo Castellani. Yeah, there we go. They we're, have a lot of Argentinians. We're racking up Argentine links all over the place. Phoenix of Uruguay, one. El Nacional, who are the Ecuadorian ones, nil. Um, there are various clubs called Nacional or El Nacional across the continent, and they're El Nacional and the Ecuadorians. Uh, Mineros. Of I think Venezuela. It's Venezuela. Yes. To Sportivo Luqueño of Conmebol's uh, 
home city, Luque, mm-hmm. in Paraguay, three. Vasco da Gama of, obviously, Brazil, you've all heard of them. One, Oriente Petrolero of Bolivia, nil. Atlético Nacional got a thumping 3-0 win at home to Huracan uh, last night, was that, or two nights ago? Oh, Huracan last night, yes. last night. continental competition. Because uh, they were fairly decent last season. For half of last season. Yeah. The that was half. And then the Miami half was terrible. Indeed. Blooming, yeah, because they were in a Libertadores spot yeah. when Mohamed took over, weren't they? And then they were in Robin. But Mohamed played the, the, the Club World Cup, so. This is true. Uh, <laughs> Blooming, which is Bolivia. one of my all time favourite club names ever since Bolivia. I first read it as like a 13 year old looking through some world football book. Nil, Emelec of Ecuador, one. They're playing that right now. Oh, that's the live score at the moment. It's 1-0 after 13 minutes of the second half. Thank you, Tony, yeah, for pointing that out. Don't worry. Um, and then the other games which haven't yet kicked off, the one that Tony is most concerned about, which kicks yes. off in just under an hour, is Union versus Atletico Mineiro, which is the biggest game in Union's history. Would that be fair to say? Yes, because the only, the, the only time... Last year, they they well, weren't last year, but they play against Independiente de Valle, where we're hmm. uh, eventual finalist. And they get... They, champions. They, champions. Champions, right? All right. Um, they won on the on the home game, but they were eliminated um, in the the, the return. Bain of Santa Fe, we can say. Independiente del Valle. I was going to say. I mean, Independiente del Valle is last year, but also was it the first qualifying round last year? Yes. So they began and ended their victorious Sudamericana campaign against, against teams from the same city. Yes, That's brilliant. And, and when they reached the Libertadores final. They also knocked out River and Boca. So they are yeah, they did, big yeah. fans of upsetting. Both sides of cities. I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm slightly disappointed in myself for not realising that after the Sudamericana final. <laughs> I was just fixated on the fact that it meant that Flamengo winning the Libertadores would mean two European managers winning the two South American championships. Yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, and then the other ties are Millonarios of Colombia versus another of my favourite club names. And regardless of what anybody new to looking at South American club names says, this is, you know... Lots of people say it's the strongest, but this is the best club name in Bolivian football. Club Atletico always ready. Oh, amazing! Back I need a shirt. If Bolivia. anyone can get me, sorry, it's a club shirt. always ready, not club Atletico. If someone can get me a shirt, of always ready. I, I, I'm willing to try. Their badge is. I mean, from the badge, I'm guessing it might not be dissimilar to Rivers because they've got a red sash going. Yeah, and it's car top the right car. to the bottom left. Yeah. Um, sorry, <laughs> but next week there is a match between. I think two of the also favorites, Go on. Uh, Huachipato and uh, Deportivo Pasto, which is the Pasto. Is, uh, yes. That's <laughs> um, Grau, Club Atletico Grau, that's G-R-A-U. He was a Prasir of Peru, I believe. Yeah, I thought Grau. he was the baddie in Despicable Me, or um, the protagonist in Despicable Me. I don't watch kids' films. It's not a kids' film, Daniel, how dare you? Brilliant. You should watch it. Grau was some sort of Peruvian independence hero. The joke is that the guy from Despicable Me is called Gru without the same spell but without the X. They're playing River Plate of Uruguay. We were just having a conversation in the break about how many different River Plates there are all over the continent now. Um, Argentinos Juniors from Argentina um, are playing Sport Huancayo of Peru. Uh, Sol de America of Paraguay are playing Goyash of Brazil. How on earth are Goyash in the seventh? Are they even in the top flight in Brazil? I don't think they no, are. they're in the second division. So they qualified by the Copa Brasil. They, they, they were defeated. They lost the final against Independiente when Independiente won that final. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Deportivo Cali, of obviously Cali in Colombia, are playing another River Plate. See, we told you them a lot. Uh, this one a Paraguayan, I think. Yes. The badge. Yes. Uh, Lanús of right here in Argentina are playing Universidad Católica, and there are lots of them now as well, or at least two of them. Uh, and this one of the Ecuadorian ones, not the better known Chilean side. Huachipato are playing Pasto, as Andres already mentioned. Bahia of Brazil, one of the oldest and biggest uh, old clubs in Brazil, are playing Nacional of Paraguay, not Uruguay. Janeros de Guayaca. Where's that? Venezuela. I, I, thank you. Good. <laughs> I'm playing. Of thumb, I think. If you don't know, it's probably Venezuela. The thing is, I thought the Janeros were, were Venezuelan, but then when Tony said the Guayaca, I was like, right, where's Guayaca? <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I had a co-worker that is from that city, so yeah. They're, they're playing Liverpool of Uruguay, uh, not of, of Liverpool, otherwise they'd get destroyed. <laughs> um, Samora um, of Venezuela are playing Plaza Colonia, the team who almost won the Uruguayan Championship a couple of years ago, and are from a, a very small little town. And if you go, come to Buenos Aires and spend half a day in Uruguay, then you're spending half a day in Colonia, basically. But don't, right don't, don't go with, the, with your partner. Don't go with, if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, don't go there. Why not? This is a current uh, urban myth from the last six years. That if you go with your significant other, you're gonna you're gonna split. Ah, oh, that's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I have proof. We've one one of the first, I would say probably first twenty or so uh, dates that I went on with my girlfriend was to Colonia. Well, you're lucky then. And um, we're still together this, nine this, this, a bit years the, later. I, I'm gonna show you that thread on Twitter with all the the proof. Please do. Real Garcilaso of Peru uh, take on Audax Italiano of Chile. Yeah, yes. they're one of the bigger clubs, and I knew I should know that, but for some reason I started to doubt it as I was saying it. And then Independiente, not of the Valley, but of Avellaneda, are playing Fortaleza of Brazil. That's a name I've not seen for a while. Big club. Natal's Fortaleza, yeah. yeah. Or one of them, um, that's next so the first leg of that is next Thursday some of these have, have been the scores I've already read you out are obviously first leg final scores with the exception of Blooming Emelec which is ongoing um, some of the other first legs are a bit later tonight some of the first legs are next week and a lot of the second legs of the, of the first leg scores you've heard are also next week mm-hmm. it's the Sudamericana it would not be the Sudamericana if it weren't tremendously confusing um, but and there are some of course of just some wonderful wonderful team names in there I just <laughs> There's nothing like the Sudamericana for these clubs who are just like, what the hell is that? Is always ready the new club for Sport Boys? No, no, Sport Boys are a Peruvian Still? side. Always ready at Bolivian. Ah, okay. Uh, they're, they're one of the, actually one of the <laughs> oldest clubs in La Paz. I think there's a Bolivian Sport Boys as well. Is there? And they got in a lot of trouble now because um, their president was Evo Morales, either is economy mis- minister or is... Uh, Sport Boys Wellness. That's the one. Yes, they were in the Or is industry or minister. And when the, the coup d'etat happened, he basically fled the country, leaving them in all kinds of shit. And oh, well. being persecuted quite a lot. He said, he, said, he, said, he said to them, be ready, be almost ready. <laughs> That's a different team. Sorry, that's a different team we're doing this. <laughs> Always ready in one of, the, one of the older clubs in La Paz. And they are, I believe, historically... Uh, the main derby rivals to the strongest um, even though for uh, quite a lot of the last 50 or 60 years they've been in different divisions because always ready and 
not actually always ready. They're not very good. Uh, they're a bit <laughs> of the yo-yo side, ironically. Um, anyway, we're going to go away now. And we're, oh no, hang on, Lister's questions. Have we had any Lister's questions? I don't know. No, you we, tell me. We had a, when we started recording. So let me just check very quickly now. No, we haven't. So <laughs> that's very disappointing. I think that's you listeners me. should be ashamed of yourself. Indeed. Uh, I wanted a nice short recording because I've got lots of work to do and don't want to spend too much time editing this. So when we come back, Mystic Sam is going to give you his predictions for the Superliga matches of the weekend to come. I did have a uh, would-be challenger this week because Belgrano in English, Jimmy Lee, asked whether we wanted any uh, predictions sending in, and I said, yep, feel free. But as of now, unless there is still something up with Dan's internet, um, and I'm just not receiving the tweet, he hasn't replied. Uh, And that means that this is just my predictions. The weekend begins on Friday evening at 7 o'clock with Aldo Civi versus Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero. My prediction for that match is that it will be unwatchable. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I'm going to go for an Aldo City relegation six pointers, Sam. Surely, yeah, yeah, it's important. Still, I mean, not point six pointers. Sorry, you reckon Santa, uh, there are point sixes and there are point sixes, and that's <laughs> no. You reckon Santa Cruz is going to struggle with the the cold night in, instead yeah. of the heat? <laughs> Indeed. Um, sorry, but there won't be any free matches this round, could be? Because I don't free see matches. that matches. I mean for the TV. Oh, on the telly. We have four, okay. four matches free every week. I haven't a clue. So, some of us pay for our Paquete football, Andres. Yeah. Make a point of watching even the free games on, on the codified channels. Let, let us be the we ones we play. We play. Got no one. <laughs> <laughs> Aldo CB anyway versus Central Cordoba. Don't watch it, but I think Aldo CB will nick <laughs> a narrow win. Uh, later that evening, Argentinos Juniors are for some reason at home for the second week in a row. Actually, Central Cordoba are away for the second week in a row, aren't they? So that's up yes. there as well. Uh, but Argentinos are at home to Lanús. Um, and I think that that's going to be a draw again for Argentinos. Um, Defensa y Justicia versus Colón de Santa Fe is the first game on Saturday, or one of the first two. I reckon that Crespo's boys are going to get a victory there. That's based on absolutely nothing at all, but I think they will. And Gimnasia versus Patronato, played at the same time, I suspect is going to be a Gimnasia win. And of course, those are the bottom two teams in the relegation table, which will mean if that happens, then Gimnasia, for the first time this season, will be off the bottom of the relegation standings. That's a six-pointer. It is, but I think Gimnasia are going to win it. Banfield versus Rosario Central um, takes place a little bit later. I reckon that's going to be a Banfield win. Newells versus Estudiantes is played at the same time, and I'm going to go for. Apparently, Pablo Perez won't be playing for Newells. Suspended. Um, well, we got a straight red actually, so he might be suspended. But the, yes. the news item that I looked up just <laughs> yeah. said he won't be able. He won't be ready to play. Oh, right. But actually, you're right. A straight yes. red is two two yeah. matches, so he should be suspended for it anyway. Um, so maybe that's why Newells wanted to get the signing in now, so they can get that out of the way. Uh, anyway, Newells versus Estudiantes, I think, is going to be. A draw. Um, and then the late game on Saturday is Boca Juniors versus Atletico Tucumán, which is going to be a Boca victory without really breaking sweat, unless it's extremely hot on Saturday, which is a distinct possibility. Um, on Sunday, San Lorenzo versus Belle Sarsfield. It's a kind of little 
semi-demi-classico, but not really a full-throated one. Uh, Vélez fans will tell you it is. San Lorenzo fans will tell you it's not, and that they're being silly. Um, I think that's going to be a Vélez win. Oh, uh, Sam, sorry, but in the last match uh, that Vélez played, which I don't remember whom he, uh, they played against, mm -hmm. uh, Gago suffered another injury. Uh, and serious injury. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll mention that in Another. a bit more detail. Oh, in a we did. Oh, well. no, we will do in a minute oh, uh, when okay. I finish my predictions. Uh, Racing versus Independiente, which is definitely a classico. I think. Sorry, Dan. Don't normally go for away wins in these matches, but I'm going to go for so Independiente. Never, never happens. After the showing last weekend, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it turned out to be untrue. <laughs> I but I think Independiente alleged it. Union versus River is the late kickoff. Um, don't know what Union's home record is like. River's away record is, of course, brilliant. Forgot to mention earlier that Marcelo Gachardo oh, yes. has been in hospital with a kidney stone operation and has been advised by his doctors that he shouldn't travel for this one. And that means, the reason I'm mentioning this now, that means that, um, is it Matias? Matias, Matias Biscay is going to be on the River Plate bench. For the 11th time. Every match that Matias Biscay has been taken Marcelo Gachardo's place for and this is a record that includes of course the second leg of the 2018 Copa Libertadores final uh, River have ended up winning and I think the first leg too right? possibly the yes. first leg yeah. as well um, ok so they didn't win that one they drew it but yes anyway they, they haven't lost certainly with him in charge um, and I, I don't think I'm sticking my neck out too much sorry Tony in saying that I think that, that run's going to continue I, I have will win. I have full trust of the Madeloneta and they won against Argentina so Right. And they would be so. they would be tired because last night this night yes that as well I mean River haven't had a game in midweek and Union have mm -hmm. um, and then on Monday Arsenal de Sarandí versus Tajeres could be an unexpectedly entertaining game given the way that both of those teams games went last weekend I'm going for an Arsenal win and Godoy Cruz versus Huracan. That We're just bookending this weekend with matches not to watch. Do not watch Albacibi versus Central Cordoba at the start of the weekend. Do not, under any circumstances, be tempted to switch on Godoy Cruz versus Huracan. Well, yeah. Sam, if people want to uh, wake up at 1 a.m. and watch that match yeah, that, I was in say, London, wait, maybe you can wait. for our listeners in the UK, it's going to be kicking off at 10 past midnight UK time on a Monday night, so presumably you won't be watching it. Uh, but really, just don't bother. I'm going to go for... a. A draw. I mean, I just I can't see how either. Team I mean, un unless you see that the game is four nil, when it, it it's feels hard. If if it doesn't finish in a draw, it'll be an Aura Camp win. But I can't see why you want to watch it to find out. Um, Andres has mentioned that Fernando Gago has another injury. It was picked up at the weekend. Uh, in Belles's one-one draw with Aldo Sibi. it's a cruciate ligament injury. Yes, again. again. Yeah. Similar um, to the. Uh, the one Achilles, he suffered again when he played for Argentina. What was Achilles? Oh. Is that Achilles? No, it was uh, the knee. Ah, the knee. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, anyway, yes. whatever it is, um, Gago has spent, uh, there was a statistics account that, that tweeted the total number of days that he's been out injured with during his career. And it adds up to over three and a half years. Um, and it's really just like every time he gets injured... I just feel sorry for him. Oh, cool. and you just think on, on the one I, I remember an episode. I think during the 2014 World Cup, maybe, mm. uh, or maybe during the 2018 World Cup. It was during an international tournament where we were laughing at the manager for for picking him or for naming him in the squad or whatever, and saying, "Look, you know he's going to get injured in, in the 
what a really important moment or something and he did and on the one hand I'll continue to laugh at managers who name him but on the other hand I feel tremendously sorry for him it's as just, a person yeah. just, yes horrific it's yeah I mean he could have been such a talent mm-hmm. I, he, he, he was and is a yeah. massive talent but he, he could have really genuinely been one of the great players of the last decade and a half in world football mm-hmm. um, and his body has just not allowed him to do so well he, he said that he couldn't sleep Mm. Because if I if I read uh, this correctly, it, in from the last five years, it's been two Achilles damage and three uh, ACLs. Yeah. So that's a lot. And number two that were picked up in matches against River. Yes. In continental and cups, this one, if I'm yeah. remembering right. Another on international. And again, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. Yes. And he said that at one at one point he actually re- considered retirement because he was sleeping and the the sheet touching his feet hurt him so much I mean how can, could you put yourself in that much pain it's stressful and not healthy at all he is I think of all currently if we can call him active of all currently active players he's the one that I'd most like to see go into management in the hope that football mm. I don't believe in, in got witches. some kind of something but to return to him for all of this I don't believe in witches but I I, I I, I, I see him or I, I imagine he, him going to see a, a, some some witch or, or, or similar because it's he's, he's cursed hmm. indeed on that rather sad note we're going to say goodbye um, we will be back next week if you're a Hand of Pod Patreon supporter then you can of course hear us on Patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Hand of Pod um if you're not, then you can go to that address and you can sign up to be a Patreon supporter and you will get lots of extra Hand of Pod content as well. Also, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, uh, but we are still sponsored by Fanatis, allowing you to watch the Superliga, the Copa Superliga, and lots of other stuff. And of course, if you're in the United States, uh, the Copa Libertadores and the hilariously uh, team-named Copa Sudamericana. Um, this year uh, you can get a 7 day free trial and 20% off your first 3 months with Fanatis by going to fntz.co slash hop and plugging in the discount code hopfz so please go and do that and for now thank you very much and goodbye from English Dan goodbye Andres thank you goodbye Tony goodbye and me goodbye